Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Star Trek, the original series, season 1, episode 8, it's called Miri, full spoilers for the episode, as always. So this one's a little bit creepy in places. Hmm. It's a touch. You know, you're Kirk's Downey Stein, he, you know, he always has to flirt with the ladies and it's just, this time it happens to be someone who's underage. Yeah, a prepubescent. And that's a plot point. It's not even like Shades of Grey where we we were just guessing she's that age. No, no. Because I would have point. guessed she was older. Yeah, she she looked a bit more eighteen to twenty ish sort of range. Yeah, and when they was like, oh, she's prepubescent, I was like, oh, okay, this yeah. is weird. It's a little bit. A uh, few, few creepy creepy moments. That said, I like this episode. Hmm. For a few different reasons. One, I like the whole. Uh, even though it's kind of, kind of a plot hole, well, I say plot hole. It's not a plot hole. It's just unexplained. They so they find this planet. They get this distress call, this beacon from this planet. Which when they look into it, oh, this is a lot like Earth. It's almost exactly like Earth. And when they go down, it's like an Earth street. And they even point out, oh, it's just like uh, roughly 1960. Uh, ah, isn't that convenient? Yeah, which is weird because it still felt like a set. It felt like a bat lot. It did. This pops up quite a bit though, like where they go to. Earth in the sixties. Yeah, well, like, uh, that's not my, my, my. I mean, that's obviously something they do, and obviously it's because. But I feel like they actually don't use it properly here because they say, "Okay, it's the sixties," but they use a back lot and they don't use a real street. And it's completely irrelevant that it's anything like Earth for the rest of the episode. Yeah, and they never bring it up. They never explain why it's like Earth from the nineteen sixties. It just is. It, it doesn't even matter. It, it's yeah. just it. It could have been any time period. It could have been any other planet. It could have been an alien-looking planet with. It, it didn't have streets. to look exactly like Earth at all. No, uh, but I, I, okay. The, the explanation might be, oh, it was because obviously it's cheaper and they could make it just be present day. But the problem is, is but then why have they got on a back? I mean, uh, sure, they don't want you to go out and shoot in an actual street, maybe. But I feel like why are you using that that crutch if if you're going to have to design a back lot anyway? If you're going to have to design a set. <laughs> Unless they, like, just took it from another show. Probably. It was, it was just a pre-existing one that was lying around on the lot. That That's probably what happened. But it's it feels like it's harder to forgive when that's the yeah. sequence of events. It feels like they're being extra like, I don't mind cheap. when it plays into the, the plot of what's going on. Like, especially yeah. if, like... I guess, yeah, I guess that's the main problem with it, is that it never comes up, so it, it does just feel like, kind of like a cheap little... Yeah. We we had this backlot lying around. We we decided to save some money for an episode. Yeah, and we dressed up a little bit, and I guess that's where they went with it. Yeah, I'm probably as if you look into like Star Trek trivia, I bet this is probably the the town for another TV show. Because at one point they're even in a school classroom. There's like a, a yeah. hospital room they're in at one point. I feel like this is probably just a series of sets from different shows that they've that maybe Almost definitely that either finished or were not getting used at that time of the year or something. But yeah, I'd, I'd put money on that being the case. That's what it feels like. But I like the episode. So the, the, the plot of this one is they go down, it seems like there's no one around, but then they find this girl named Miri, who, as we find out, is a bit younger, gets this weird creepy bond with Kirk where she seems to like him, which is fine. Like Her, her being attracted to him is kind of fine because it's kind of normal for teenagers to look up to Yeah, and it's kind of addressed as well. It's like she's yeah. at that age where... Yeah, yeah. She's just... And then she's never really seen an adult man in a long time. 
Yeah, and she's at that age where it makes sense she's got a crush on the guy. The way Kurt kind of responds and the way the camera kind of lingers on, he's like staring back at her. A little bit creepy. It is. A little bit creepy. It is. But then they find out that it's only kids that are left on this planet, and the kids that are here have been here for hundreds of years. Whatever caused this thing, we find out it was a, it's a virus. They were working on something, and it spread a disease that made all the adults go crazy. Once you've went through puberty, you get this disease. And it stopped the kids from aging as quickly. It was like, what, one... One month. Uh, every hundred years, they age one month. Yeah, so they've been around for a long time. Long time. But she's at that stage now where she's got maybe six weeks left uh, in real time before she starts getting the, the disease. Yeah. Actually, she ends up having it by the end of the episode. I think, I think it's but... six weeks before she'll succumb to the disease. Okay, sure, sure. Uh, I, I wouldn't have complained about that anyway because it's just a rough estimate based on the yeah, yeah. ten minutes that, that McCoy and Spock have had to... Yeah, yeah, I think McCoy was saying that because we've got it as adults, it affects you really quickly. But if you get mm. it as a child, then... It'll, you'll get it, but it'll take, it'll, it'll uh, evolve slower. It'll pro- mm. progress slower. Yeah, so that's the sort of setup, and that's the sort of predicament they're in. Uh, I do want to point out though: two red shots come down with them, and not only do they survive, they actually get less affected by the disease. Probably because they didn't want to spend as much money and time on makeup for them. Because obviously, Spock doesn't get any like symptoms. He they establish he's just a carrier because he's a different species. He's not, you know, he's not human, so that's fine. But Kirk McCoy and Yeoman all have, you know, visible big splotches of things that appear and gradually get bigger throughout the episode. The red shirts, they've got like a little smudge on their face. It amuses me. There's a few times near the start of the episode when they're investigating, before they find Miri, I think, and um, Spock's like, hey, you two, go over there. And you assume they're going to die. I'm like, all right. I was like, okay, this is where they're dying. And then they just don't. So not only do they not die, they get less effective with it. It's almost like a weird perk of being a red shirt where you're not as important where in this case they face less threat than everyone else (laughs) yeah exactly because no one cares if they die (laughs) no one cares if they're in danger so sometimes being a red shirt is actually a superpower it's the opposite exactly it's nice to see have some benefits every so often but we find out that Miri's actually still in cahoots with even though she seems like she's being friendly she's in cahoots with all these other kids who Hate adults. They have. They have their. I can't remember what the words were for them. They've got their own names. Grups. Grups. There you go. They call adults grups, and they've not seen grups in a long time. Uh, we also find out that the, the food's almost done as well. That they've had enough food to survive this long. Yeah, because it's been about three hundred years. I think they yeah. said, and they've got maybe six months left. So, but the reason why I like this episode is it becomes this this kind of uh, this kind of commentary on the other. Mm. And what I mean by that is. You know, human beings as a species, we're very clan-like and territorial and you become... And this is kind of where racism and stuff like that comes from, where you see, oh, we're part of this group and we've always been part... Oh, there's another group that have come in. Oh, what are this, what's this different type of person? And it kind of becomes a, a moral play on that, where the kids see the adults as these this different group and they're hostile towards them and they try and stop them. And it, it all results in Kirk... Kirk convinces Miri that they're not the enemy and he has to come in and convince them all, look, we're not different from you, we're here to help. And it's, But the way he has to convince them, and they're prejudiced, and you're the other, you're the person that's going to cause us yeah. harm and you're evil and you're just going to go crazy because that's what you're like, you're this type. Yeah, it, it, it works a lot up. because obviously they're all kids. So And even though they've aged in terms yeah. of years, they, they haven't got any smart, they're still kids at, inside. 
there's been no one to teach them yet. They're, they're more susceptible to this kind of thinking, even more so than adults. Even though, sadly, adults are just kind of susceptible yeah. to it. But but it's it's like it's saying this is a, a base reaction because, like you say, humans are tribal by nature. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's what it felt like to me, and I, I thought this episode in particular felt very ahead of its time and its its messaging there. Yeah. And it was it was when Kirk has to go into the classroom and they all start they actually beat the shit out of him. He's, he's got blood like they all beat up, beat him up. And he although I did want to point out the first person who hits him with a bat, one of the kids hits him with a bat, and he drops Kirk. Or he tries to hit him with a bat, and Kirk grabs it and throws it to the ground. You could have added a bit of a sound effect to make it sound as if it weighed more than yeah like, the foam that it was. Yeah, it, it, it sounded like a. I would even say it sounded like, it sounded like one of like a hollow, like it was hollow plastic. Yeah. So it was almost like when you drop like a tube, like an empty tube of something on the mm. on the ground. That's what it sounded like. I was like, add a sound effect, make it sound. I, I'm, I'm actually extra surprised, given that this is the the remastered versions that we're, we're watching through, that mm. they didn't add one in. They add a little clank or a little. Just, yeah, because they fixed a lot of things visually. I just surprised they didn't add in that. It's yeah. not like it would have taken much time. Yeah, it. it, it but that, that was there. And... I just I, I think the messaging in that sense was was quite good, and obviously, being being Star Trek, Kirk does convince them in the end. Yeah, Kirk gives a Kirk speech. He gives a Kirk speech, and he he, he does the thing, and it's kind of what Star Trek is. It's, it, I think it becomes more, and I've not seen much of Next Gen, but I'm very familiar with Picard. Is even more diplomatic. That's Picard's thing. He, he gets mm. very, he's all about reasoning, and Kirk does that to an extent. But at the same time, it's the sixties, it's an action show, so sometimes it does come down to punching and stuff more than sometimes yeah which by the way why is it whenever people land on a post-apocalyptic world or there's a, there is a post-apocalyptic world on earth why is it always a tricycle that's the thing lying in the ground always without fail i think this is something that is, is to do with the the 60s thing because i always associate whenever i see that it's associated with like oh it was post-apocalyptic from around the 60s Ah, and during the Cold War era, yeah. Yeah, it's all, so I think it's just associated with that time period rather than yeah, maybe. post-apocalyptic itself. Yeah, I feel like even like Terminator Two, when you see like the burning, is there's even a tricycle in that. Yeah, there's, there's bikes as well, I think. But it is. It's no, I know those, what you mean. It's one of those things. It's always a tricycle. I wonder if it's because it's inherently childlike, because it's it's. Mm. Children that that ride the tricycles. Oh, of course, yeah. You're going for the. This is how bad the apocalypse is. The children have died. Yeah, and iron- it's, it's... I, ironically, in this episode, they've not. They're the ones that have survived. Yeah, but... yeah. But it's an easy way of showing that, isn't it? Yeah, no. Those reasons. But there's a lot of child things you could pick. You could, I guess. The, the, the aforementioned just works. The aforementioned Terminator Two does a has a whole playground on fire. Well, yeah, but if you don't want to go quite that far, <laughs> it just it always seems to be a tricycle. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, uh, specifically turned upside down one of the wheels spinning yeah that that image just very often ingra- with the front wheel missing yeah very ingrained in my head that's all uh, but no uh, so we had, we had that we also had as they're getting sick it makes them, it's making them go crazy so that their temper start to flare up and all that and we have this again a little bit more of that, that Kirk Yeoman kind of attraction comes up yeah. even Miri feels kind of jealous just, you get the sense that she's jealous of the attention mm. that Yeoman gets uh, just all the fun little moments I think yeah because yeah. you have Yeoman talking to Kirk about it yeah she even says you know sometimes on the ship I try to get you to look at my legs Yeah, and then she shows her leg and it's like covered in the, the disease and Kirk's like I'm good ta <laughs> I'm good right now maybe later 
<laughs> maybe McCoy, you know, fix, fixes the... And that's the other big thing I thought was uh, notable in the episode, is that they need the communicators, which the kids have stolen, to find out, to, to test the, the the serum, the, the antidote. He, he, mm. he thinks he's made, but they have to check it with equipment to make sure it's not lethal or whatever. And they're waiting on the kids getting back to do it, and Spock goes to find Kirk because he's been gone a while. This is when he's been away giving his speech. And McCoy, in a really human moment, says, nah, it's time to risk it. I get it. It's As far as he's concerned, he's going to be gone, for all intents and purposes, dead. Yeah, so anyway, he might as so well. Might as well, yeah. If it works, then great, it's worked. If not, then... It, nothing's been lost. Nothing's been as lost. As far as he's concerned, yeah. And admittedly, given the fact that the kids all walk in, like with Kirk, like, within two minutes. It probably didn't need to happen, but it's... Yeah, a, it's he a, didn't know that. He didn't know that, but it's an example of the human spirit and taking the yeah. chances and all, all the rest of it. Uh, one of my funny little... one of the It's not a very amusing episode, but one of the little things that I did, thought was quite, 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 I did think was quite funny is at the end when they're back on the ship and Kirk's like, oh yeah, so we've informed, obviously, people and they're, they're all cured and they're going to send in teachers and things like that and people who can raise them and train them as adults and whatever and uh, uh, McCoy says something like I know uh, some disciplinary uh, individuals as well yeah uh, I thought, I just, he jumped to that he's like yeah they're a bunch of troublemakers and I go, okay. Great. So I just uh, again it's McCoy being snarky and I think most of the humans are in that fantasy as well because you've got Kirk going oh I'm not really into older women oh yeah that was a pretty funny line as well actually yeah, uh, but again, that was kind of flirty with Yeoman again. It was, but it was. Uh, yeah, but I, again, but added it back into the creepiness. Where he's like, you know, she was, she really loved you, Kirk, and he obviously he never did anything in return. But it was just the long stares and the yeah. oh, Mary's a very pretty name, and then she's like, Jim's Jim's a nice name. I like it. It's well, like I'm, at I'm a glad. point, it's like it, it <laughs> clarifies that he's just using her. Oh yeah, he's he's but playing for that. It yeah. doesn't feel that way. He, he's play he's playing along with the the the, the crush to social help, and it's a, it's it's, a, it's an easy bridge to form so that she'll help them with their investigation, and and then eventually help them with the the disease and everything else that's yeah. going on. It, it's clear that he's doing that, and he's been smart about it. it. It's still a bit creepy. It is. I feel I feel like you know had this been made now they would have tackled this in a slightly different way. They may have still had this plot, but they would have that that way that he uses that bridge would have been tackled in a slightly Or at least would have been addressed how weird it is. Yeah, it was like, like, well we've got to do it because we need It would have been addressed or the filmmaking would have not played it as straight as it did. The filmmaking plays it here as if he was returning the feelings even though he's not. Whereas now I feel like the filmmaking would have established that no we'll film this in a way that says this is not a real yeah, it makes it very clear it's yeah. one-sided. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, but I don't know. I actually really like the episode because I think, I, I like the whole abandoned planet. It's kind of creepy, quiet, searching, mm. all that kind of, you know, sense of discovery that Star Trek brings. But then I think the messaging of, uh, you know, we, we can't be tribal. We have to, you know, the yeah. idea of the other is, yeah. I think that stuff's quite clear in the episode, and I think it's uh, oh, again, obviously, we stress a lot about Star Trek, but for the time period, it was very forward thinking in, yeah. in that sense. So, yeah, uh, I, like, I like Miri, it's a good episode. Yeah, it was good. So, so. Uh, that's episode 8 of Star Trek. We'll be back next week with episode 9. Uh, uh, I was going to say we're getting close to halfway, but there's 29 episodes in season 1, so we're not, <laughs> yeah, we're not quite well, there. Yeah, yet. We're, we're a while off yet. That said, 
That's it. It feels like we've made a proper dent in it now. I, I know, I know we've got like 20 plus seasons in total to do. But we're getting there. But proper dent. This is... So it was, uh, it's, it's a little irritating because we obviously wanted to pick up the pace as soon as we could. You know, once some shows started dropping mm. off. And then we kind of found out this, this last few weeks that April is actually really busy. And that's going to last a while. And it's like, okay, when are we going to get time? Summer. I, th- I think during the summer we'll probably get a, a chance to double up for a while. We say that now. <laughs> we say that now, but for all we know, once we hit June, all, all the network stuff's finished. Sure, there's a few shows from April still on, but it'll be quieter down. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, Hopefully, hopefully. But there we go. That's, uh, that's me, uh, Star Trek the original series. Let us know what you thought of this episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot. Uh, get us on Twitter, Melbourne underscore Fuzz, for channel updates, individual Twitters for general ramblings. Oh. Connor's got chronic hiccups. If I don't say that often enough because I feel like sometimes I forget that the audience might not know that. Connor has chronic hiccups. He'll hiccup occasionally. The hiccups do not translate to Twitter. So if you get a mine, they will, you'll avoid that entirely. No, he's just annoying for all of his own merit on Twitter. Yes, pretty much. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next time.